Welcome to Season 2 of IVF Tales. I'm your host, Simone. This podcast was created with the intention of making the world of infertility a little less lonely. Each episode will have a new guest share their IVF journey, sharing some of the most courageous, surprising, intimate and saddest moments of their lives. It's real and raw, it's IVF Tales. So nice to have you on the show, Bib. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. If you just want to introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. Um, I'm Bib. My husband's David and we live in a country town in New South Wales. We are both teachers and we've been married for six years now. Oh, cool. And once you got married, were you pretty keen to start a family straight away? Yeah, we, we were. That was definitely high on the priority list. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like it so, is for most. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And being both teachers, um, you kind of have those similar goals. Yeah. Um, so we had a fairly like quick romance type thing we met and then two years later we got engaged and then 12 Twelve months and one day later, we got engaged, uh, married, um, and that's how it all started. The for, like where the fertility side started kicking in. So after we got married, we were to get like married for five months, and then my mum died from cancer. Oh my goodness! So oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank oh. you. Yeah, it, she was sick during our engagement, um, yeah. but the actual her death was a shock. Yeah. But anyway, we pushed through and we got through that, and it was David was wonderful through it all. Um, so we got through that, and we just kept trying for ages. Mm-hmm. And then in the November that year, I went and saw a GP because nothing was happening. And Mm -hmm. she just turned around and said it was because of the stress of losing mum and the standard line of I needed to lose weight. So, Mm -hmm. and just palm me off and let that go. So that was 11 months after we'd got married. Yeah. Um, And still nothing. So we left it another couple of months after that. And that doctor moved on. So I went to a different GP in the town we live in, it's not very easy to get into GPs. Uh, there's a very limited number. So it's a bit of a waiting game and trying to get in at the right time. But we were lucky this time to get a GP who took more care in listening to what we were saying. And he didn't put it down to the fact that mum had passed away or the stress of the job or anything like that. So he just mm-hmm. referred us on to a specialist in another town which is 100 kilometres away, which was fine. Um, so we went up there and the f- that March we saw the specialist, so the following March after we got married, mm-hmm. and he put me on Clomid. So then so we did. No, no in- investigations just said let's, let's chuck you on Clomid and see what happens. Yep, pretty much. Okay. Yep, start somewhere, I, would, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I was 32 at the time, nearly 33. Mm-hmm. So he just said, we'll try this, and then he did the investigations later, which I'll get to. Mm. Um, did you have a regular cycle? No. Okay, right, all right. No. That makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Um, because it was 11 months of trying and nothing, he yeah. just let it go. And my mother-in-law was, was a midwife at the hospital that he worked at. So there was mm-hmm. a bit of family connection and I think there was a few conversations that went on behind closed doors. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so then we did four rounds of Clomid and we... Finally fell pregnant on the 4th. 
mm-hmm. and that was in the November of that year. Yeah. So obviously very excited. Of course, so, yeah. Yeah. That Christmas we went to Western Australia to be with my husband's sister for one of my husband's sisters for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Had a lovely time, went wineries where I had to be the Deso and hide it from everyone, all of that. Bit and of sweet, then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Going, oh, why are you Deso? Oh, just don't feel like drinking. Yeah. Um, but it was a lovely, it was a wonderful time. Um, but unfortunately, when we arrived back in New South Wales, um, I started bleeding mm. and we were at my dad's, which is eight hours from where we live. Mm-hmm. So then we packed up and we came home and we then went to see the doctor. The doctor was concerned, so he sent me to a town where they could fit me in for an ultrasound, which was 45 minutes away. And then they did an ultrasound and they were worried, so then they sent me another 100 k's down the road. Oh, wow, that's a lot and of travel. <laughs> Yes, and just when we just got back from WA, it was all very dramatic and because they were suspecting it was an ectopic. Mm-hmm. Um, but ended up passing naturally. Um, oh. The ultrasounds were, I don't know, they were more aggressive ultrasounds, internal ultrasounds than I had in the past, so maybe that had something to do with it. Oh, how many weeks? Then, um, I would have been six weeks on that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. absolutely. Um, and because we're a hundred k from town, luckily my in-laws were there, like in that town. So I spent the night in hospital. My husband spent the night at his parents. Uh-huh. And then we had to stay in in that town for three extra days to make sure nothing else happened. Uh-huh. But that was okay. We were able to do that and we had to buy everything again. Like we didn't take clothes or anything with us. But we did that and then that led to a couple of months off. And uh-huh. then we went back to the specialist and he said, and this was in the March, and he said, well, it's time to do some investigations. Mm-hmm. So he did a lap- laparoscopy and found that I had mild endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Um, so he cleared that out and that was all fine. And then in the May of 2018, that the same year, we did another two successful Clomid rounds. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, did I say successful? I meant unsuccessful. Oh, okay. Yep, sorry. Yeah. Two um, in May 2018, two unsuccessful Clomid rounds. Mm-hmm. And then that basically led us to the November of that year. Um, give or take a month and so of letting my body heal and breaks and things like that. So then we went back to the GP here in town and he recommended, which we'd both done a bit of research by then and just said that nothing was happening. We tried Clomid, didn't work. After the laparoscopy and everything, that should have made a difference. It didn't. So we asked the GP to send us to a public IVF clinic in Brisbane, which is five hours away. Oh, wow. So that's fine. We got there. We did that. By the December, they got us in for a consultation, which is amazing because now you can't get in in a December. Yeah. Um, And they started all the testings and like the millions of blood tests and the millions of scans and everything in that December. Mm-hmm. And by the March of 2019, I had started my first round of IVF or our first round of IVF. Yeah. And was 
there anything else abnormal um, like with your husband or with you that was picked up with those investigations from that IVF clinic? No, nothing. So it's just unexplained um, still. Yeah, mild endo, they suspected mild polycystic ovaries. Okay. But the with the path that we decided of going down the IVF track, mm-hmm. the specialist decided just to roll with it and not put a formal diagnosis on it mm-hmm. because it wouldn't make that much difference to his treatment plan. Gotcha. So then okay. we, yeah. Um, so we did our first round and I can't remember the medications cause that was in 2019. <laughs> That's all right. And <laughs> we got 21 eggs, 19 were mature and nine fertilized. Yep. However, bad, I got. Bad start? Oh, and I, we thought it was a brilliant start. We thought, yeah. oh, look, we'll never have to go through this again. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but I was overstimulated. Uh-huh. And that meant it went to a freeze-all cycle. Uh-huh. And David and I stupidly, because it was our first time, went, right, I'll have the procedure. That's fine. We'll get in the car. We'll drive the five hours home straight after. Oh. <laughs> that was absolutely horrendous. I um, bet. It was awful, the pain, the vomiting, the everything and there's not much in between town wise there's a few towns but it's not a huge amount so we just had to keep driving oh you we got home thing. god five yeah. hours though i struggled with like a 25 minute drive that's wow yeah. you are yep. bloody strong five hours that's insane <laughs> i vowed and declared right then and there that i was never going through that again yeah. Um, but anyway, that was the choice we made. Yeah. We and so, didn't know any better. Yeah. How many were you able to um, freeze? Nine. Oh. Oh, wait, sorry. You just froze nine eggs? Yep. Oh, okay. No, right. nine. All nine survived to five days. No way. So you had, you had nine embryos frozen? Yes. Whoa. That is, yep, that's yep. a bloody good outcome. Yeah, it's wow. huge. Yeah, like, cool. And we didn't realise how huge it was. Like yeah. we'd known people but it wasn't spoken about much. Mm. So we're just like, great, that's awesome. We've got our nine. We're done. Yeah. We're bound to get one that sticks out of that nine. Yeah. So, so then, how- Sorry. Sorry, keep going. So then in the May, we started the frozen round mm-hmm. um, and he put me on letrozole, but he, um, I didn't ovulate on the dosage that was given. Mm-hmm. So then we had to cancel that round and in the July, we, I was put on the double the dose of letrozole and to go for the second frozen embryo transfer round. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, that one worked. Um, however, mm-hmm. at in the May, my sister-in-law, David's sister, was diagnosed with cancer. Oh and goodness. so we were dealing with that. We, yeah. July worked, but in the August, yeah. we were called down because Laura passed away. And oh my goodness. So I was early pregnant. She'd just died. And oh. unfortunately, I miscarried at the same time. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. That that's a lot for someone to deal with. To oh, deal with I... loss of family members and then to deal with IVF and then to deal with miscarriage. That's wow. That is a lot on someone's plate. Oh my goodness. I don't know how we got through it, to be honest. I, yeah, wow. But we did. Yeah. Um, and I don't think David really knew much of what was going on, and fair mm-hmm. enough, his sister just died. Of course, um, yeah. 
he was super supportive of what he could, but he was going through so much himself, as was the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, she was only 24. Oh, my goodness. Um, so it was a lot. So then yeah. we stayed down there, had the funeral in Sydney, this was, stayed down there, had the funeral, then we drove home. Mm-hmm. As in that week when we were in Sydney between when she died and the funeral I was under the specialist and the hospital and everything here in town to try and sort out what I had to do when I got home, which was obviously a DNC. Uh-huh. So anyway, we drove back the six hours from Sydney to town and I came home, did all the animals, had a shower. Then David had to drop me up at the hospital for my DNC. Um, and I honestly don't know how he got through that night um, wow. here at home by himself because that I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Like knowing that I was just in hospital after losing his sister, like that's that strong in my opinion. Oh, definitely. That's a lot yeah. to take on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like it was it's different for me because I was still involved in it and I, I was – the one with people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had the dogs. <laughs> oh. So anyway, he then went to work the next day because that's what you do, don't you? And he rocked in and the boss turned around and said, right, where's your doctor's certificate? And obviously that didn't go down well, but we got through that. Mm. Um, and we had a break for a while after that. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit. So in the February of 2020, COVID came and at first it didn't really change much for us because we weren't going up to Brisbane for a lot of our consultations because we live so far away. We mm-hmm. were doing them over video chats anyway. Yep. So it didn't change a lot. We lived in this country bubble where the town didn't have it, schools were still going, it was all safe and happy, mm-hmm. and we just kept planning. And then in the March we started to get organised for our third frozen transfer round. Mm-hmm. Which was fine. And I must add to we're really lucky here because we're both teachers and it's a small town. We've either taught the kids of the people at pathology or the grandkids or whatever like that, same as radiology and the hospital. So we just kind of have to send texts and things and kind of use a side door to get through things. So if I needed an ultrasound, I just text the lady and she just like, I'll come in before work. So that was all. Yeah. So very informal in a small little. Yeah. 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 And because especially when it came to COVID, Mm. because there were so many procedures where I didn't have to go through as many procedures. Like I just had to send her a message and she go, yep, be there in an hour because it took her that long to get into town type thing and pathology I just walked in though oh it's Bib here again we'll just do her (laughs) first so she can get to work um so it's hard if you aren't open about what's going on and it was hard at first because you felt everyone knew your business Mm. however I could also see the benefits of it in the end as well yeah it sounded Um, like you had a bit of that extra support just from, you know, pathology and uh, sonographer and whatnot, probably when you didn't really even expect it. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were great. And I don't think we could have gone for so long without that support. Yeah. Um, Because it is, it can be hard. And there was times in this process where the sonographer was having her own personal stuff gone so she wasn't there and I'd have to drive for 45 minutes or the hour to get 
one done and mm. then managed to get back for work. So I'd be on the road for 200, uh, 200Ks or two hours before I even got to work Yeah, wow. sometimes. Um, so all that really helped. Sorry, I've gone on a tangent. Um, That's all right. That's okay. So then March, sorry. No, keep keep going. It's all right. So then March came and the Queensland border shut and we're, as I said, we're in New South Wales. Our clinic was in Brisbane and we started getting a bit worried. We were partway through a frozen cycle so I'd already started on my letrozole. I started going to the blood tests every second day and the tests and the scans every three but they said they were letting medical reasons through Mm -hmm. and they'd just gone back to saying that IVF wasn't a, um, I can't think of the word, um, wasn't essential medical. Yeah, I remember that and it was going back and forward about whether it was or wasn't. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so it was all a bit a grey area. Yeah. But we were too far in it to go, so we chose to chance it at the border. And mm-hmm. we got up to the border and the cop that was there was really good about it mm-hmm. in the fact that he was very to the letter. We had letters from the specialists. We had letters everywhere saying we were booked in the night before the transfer above the hospital where we had the transfer, it was all simple Mm -hmm. and he said, I'm sorry to do this. I will let you in the state but you're going to have to go to hotel quarantine and it's up to them whether they let you out. Oh, no. So we then had to go straight to hotel quarantine in Brisbane. Yeah. Drive straight there so they didn't exactly say they would monitor our car but they basically did Mm -hmm. say that so anyway we drove up I admire anyone that did the two weeks quarantine in hotel I only did 24 hours and I had a panic attack I had because we weren't sure if we were going to get out Mm -hmm. once we walked in they're like you could be here for the two weeks I'm like, but that's going to be too late for what yeah, we when, need. When was your transfer booked for? Like how long did you it have was, until it was, um, it was for 10 hours later. Oh, my God. And so how come you were held up for 24 hours? What were they deciding on? They were deciding whether they, it was essential medical or not. Oh, my God. So they ended up calling the clinic and the clinic said, yeah, it's essential it has the embryo has been defrosted. Yes. Yeah. If you do not let them out, then this embryo is void. Yeah. And that's essentially throwing away their chance. Yeah. So the nurses, like they are at our particular clinic, was ab- were absolutely amazing mm-hmm. and really pushed it through. So we got that one through and so embryo transfer was at 10 I think at 7 that morning we got a phone call from the ground floor of the hotel saying that we could go but we could only go there they would escort us down to our car and we then had to leave the state after the transfer yeah and were you planning to Um, do that anyway or were you going to stay in Brisbane a bit longer no, no, we were planning on leaving anyway. Yeah. But then it got me nervous because up until that point where we were in hotel quarantine, I could guarantee we had not been near COVID because mm. our town did not have it. Yeah. We didn't stop on the way up except for the border. Yeah. And then we were in in this hotel with reverse cycle aircon with not knowing who had come in and out, people were still flying. It was all was extremely nerve-wracking. But anyway, we got through that. 
they made they let us go to our appointment. We had implant and drove straight home. Mm-hmm. When we got home, excuse me, it was at the point where schools weren't in lockdown yet, but any vulnerable teach or any vulnerable staff had to stay at home. So the night we got home, we called our boss and she said and said, look, technically I'm pregnant now, which puts me in a higher risk category. Can I work from home like all the other pregnant people and vulnerable? Mm-hmm. She said no. Mm-hmm. Um, so David and I had to go in. Mm-hmm. Then... And we were, I think we were only, so the staff that we were in has 15 teachers and there was only eight of us that were there. And so there was a lot of kids. But anyway, that's that's part of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, then that night we were thrown into learning from home. Oh, okay. So it was not even really worth the stress that was put on us for the fact I had to go in yeah and then we were in lockdown and that transfer was unsuccessful (laughs) surprisingly after all that stress um that sucks how does it work um so being in a small town and having your um IVF clinic five hours away and in another state can you just talk me through like how do you in terms of um getting to day 11 post like did you test prior what what's your instructions do you go and have a blood test what what do you do in that um instance so the instructions are a blood test on um, our clinic does day 10 Mm -hmm. um so on the day that we leave after transfer we get Mm -hmm. a text of the date that we need the blood test for with all my blood tests it takes 24 to 48 hours for them to get the results oh, because right. they send the blood work south before they send it north so they don't do any of the testing here mm-hmm. they send it to a town an hour away and then they have to get the results yeah but yeah so it just takes 24 to 48 depending on what day it is for those test results to come back. I do tend, if I'm teaching, I mm-hmm. tend to do a home pregnancy test. Yep. The morning I'm going to get my results because if I get a phone call while I'm on class, mm-hmm. I don't want to be blindsided. Yeah, um, gotcha. Yeah. You just yeah. want to protect so, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And protect the kids that I'm teaching as well. They don't need their teacher falling apart on them. Yeah, and it's so, <clears throat> it's the worst phone call that one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um. It is. Yeah, it's a crap phone call. Yeah. Just like the ones where they text, or and they call, and then they don't text again, which always means bad news. Where if uh. it is decent news, they just send a second text, disregard our phone call, just read the instructions. Oh um, right. Okay. Yeah, so if they – because I work at the moment, two of my schools don't get service during the day. They Mm -hmm. don't have phone reception. Yeah. So the clinic knows that and they try and be – they know that I'll get texts when I head back into town. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then that led us to a – the lockdown. So we're yeah. in a hard lockdown closure. Yeah. And then when lockdown finished, we did another frozen embryo transfer. That was our fourth and that was unsuccessful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that brings us to June mm-hmm. where the specialist recommended that I probably went for another exploratory laparoscopy surgery. Mm-hmm. But because there was a hard border closure, then he couldn't pres- he couldn't do it. Okay. So he just asked me to see the specialist that did my last one, and okay. they were going to communicate with each other. 
Yeah. Which I thought was good and really accommodating. So I went and saw him in June and they booked it in for the September of, oh, sorry, I went and saw him in September mm-hmm. 2020. Yep. And we booked in the surgery for the October. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. And then, because my sock was very <laughs> habity gibbet for better of a love, <laughs> um, nothing happened for ages. Didn't happen. And I was booked in for the surgery for a particular date, and I still hadn't had my period that was meant to come like a week before. Mm-hmm. So, two days before. David and I were out playing golf and I peed like four times and he's like, what is your issue? <laughs> so I went and <laughs> took a pregnancy test and it was positive. Oh, wow. So, yeah, two days before, which was yeah. very unexpected. Yeah. Mm. And then we couldn't, that was a Friday and we, oh, no, it wasn't, sorry. Anyway, I couldn't get into the GP the next day. I rang and they said, no, no appointments, sorry. Um, you can get an appointment in two weeks. Oh. So, well, um, that's not very helpful. No. So I called the specialist that was doing my lap and he said, um, right, come straight down to the town where he is, get a blood test he'll get the lab to do the blood straight away mm-hmm. and do them. So we then left school that day, drove the 100Ks, did the blood, drove the 100Ks home again. Mm-hmm. It came back as that there was HCG but it was low. Oh, um, okay. So I get another one we did and it was still there. Mm-hmm. How low the are we talking, day. sorry? Do you remember Pardon? the number? How low was this HCG? No, Do you I remember? don't remember the story. Okay. That's all right. Um, and then the morning, the day before the surgery, you said, well, it's low. Get a blood test before you come to the hospital mm-hmm. and then we can make a decision. Yeah. By then it started dropping. Mm-hmm. So he said, righto, what's the decision going to be? He said, Looking at these numbers, and in my experience, it's not going to be a viable pregnancy. Um, but it's still there and it possibly shouldn't be. So we decided mm-hmm. to continue with the surgery um, mm-hmm. because it wasn't going to be viable anyway. And it turned out that was the right decision because it was an ectopic. Oh, and wow he was able to save the tube because yeah. he was in there. Um, so he removed that that ectopic pregnancy and investigated some things, removed the mild endo again, and, yeah, that's the end of that wow. drama. Oh, that sucks. It's, yeah. it's like that doctor, though, had, like, X-ray vision. Yes. Because like, yeah. that would have been such a hard conversation to have. And then to make that decision like, no, let's go in and, and do this laparoscopy and then to discover that ectopic pregnancy and to be able to yeah. save your tube due to his timing. Like, mm. wow, that is yeah. like, that sucks. But um, the fact that, yeah, just that timing is, yeah, wow. Oh, the time, like it. The end result was sucky, yet better than what it could have been. It was a very Mm. weird experience waking up to that news going, crap, that was another miscarriage. However, it could have been so much worse. Yeah. Um, And I hadn't had any pain or anything to, not any more pain than what I normally would. Mm -hmm. Um, So nothing that triggered anything to know something was wrong yeah it was just normal events leading up to it mm-hmm. um so then we had some we had that was in the october so in the november 
Mm-hmm. We went back for the follow-up appointment with the specialist that did the operation mm-hmm. and we also had the an appointment with our IVF specialist as well. Yeah. And they had consulted and they had like they they gave the same results and same story which was fantastic. And we decided to have another consultation with the IVF clinic in the January of 2021 mm-hmm. and just have Christmas off. Yeah. Um so we did, went and saw him again in the the January and he said, well, let's give the lot that we've got in the freezer one more go mm-hmm. and then we'll think about other options or a couple more goes because you've still got plenty there. Yeah. So, so we did in the February 2021, we did our fifth frozen round. Mm-hmm. And that came back um, with a very borderline um, HCG level mm-hmm. and they just said wait it out, yep. um, which we did and we miscarried that. Oh. And just like everyone that lives these stories, it was at a friend's wedding yep. because life goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were being happy and cheery at this wedding while our life was sucking again. Um, and then we went back to the IVF specialist in the March and then he said, let's do the last, like he didn't get rid of our embryos that were in the freezer. Mm-hmm. But he said, let's let's do one more of this lot and see where it leads us. Okay. So we did one and implant was on my mum's anniversary. So we all got our hopes up. Mm-hmm. Um, we changed our practice. So normally for embryo transfers, we stayed with family the night before with the exception of the border closure one. Yep. Um where this time we said, no, we'll stay at the hospital, make sure it's low stress because I knew that my stress would be high just being the same day mum passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but we thought, oh, well, this would be the best gift ever, but it was a fail. Oh. Um, and then I gave up entirely. I said some ex- very explicit swear words. Yep. And said, I'm done, never doing it again. Yep. And many of us have been there. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. Oh. And obviously, David was absolutely wonderful. He said, he's not the one going through all the pain, all the needles, mm-hmm. everything. That ultimately was my choice. And as long as I'm happy, that's what mattered to him. Yeah. Um, but that only lasted till the August and then I went, right, oh. let's do it again. <laughs> so you had a bit um, of a break and then realised, no, I'm ready to to keep going. Yeah. 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 I just realised the need was stronger than my will to give up. Yeah. Um, so in the August we went back and that's when vaccinations were all a big hot topic. Oh, yeah. And... Obviously, you and a lot of other people, the fear that went with those vaccinations and the impact it would have on our journey. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to make any decisions, but the like had an IVF consultant um, consultation, sorry, and he said, "I recommend that you get the vaccination and then come back to me when you've done that." Yeah. And we'll go for another fresh round, which at this point I had never done a fresh round, but I also vowed and declared after our first egg extraction that I'd never go through it again. Mm -hmm. But I decided the ends was worth more than what I'd been through in the past. And we made a very different roadmap of how we were going to come home. But then COVID hit again. And we spent September in lockdown. New South Wales did anyway. Yep, yep. 
So it was a very hard border closure. You couldn't get across the border for anything. So we just sat September out. Mm -hmm. Then in the October, we started that next round and we were on a different drug regimen. So mm-hmm. this time we're on Recovel, Og, um, Og, I can't say it tonight, sorry. Ogaliotrant. Yes, and then the trigger of Overdrill. Mm-hmm. And this time we got 21 eggs again, six fertilised, but only two made it to five days. Oh, so wow. We, yeah, so the odds are the numbers – Started off as well, but mm. plummeted. Interesting. And yeah, very, yeah. very. But that would suck. Like so to go from first round to get nine, and then to usually it's the opposite. Like you, do you know what I mean? If anything, things improve yeah. as you go on because you change things up. Yeah, mm. he said it might have. It may have had something to do with my age, which. Mm-hmm therefore affected my egg quality mm-hmm. um and so we did a f- one fresh and we put mm-hmm. one in the freezer yeah and unfortunately that was another fail <clears throat> so yeah. oh, <laughs> yep goodness we then waited until the january of this year yep and the rules of the clinic had changed. There was a rule at the clinic. I don't know if it was all public clinics, mm-hmm. but the clinic we were at, you could only go for another egg extraction if you had two or less in the freezer, and we now had three. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. The policy changed, and he said, because of your age, it's time we do something different, mm-hmm. and we go for it again. Okay. And that's not what I thought we were doing in that consultation, but David and I thought, yep, that sounds good. We'll go with that and thought day one of the next cycle will start. However, that cycle in January was only 12 days long, which for me is absolutely unheard of. I'm usually 40 to 60 days long. Yep. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to think too much of it. That's fine. We'll just roll with it. Went mm-hmm. to do day one bloods. Day one bloods came back with a HCG level. Oh. And they're like, we don't understand. We could have just heard your story. That doesn't make sense, but that's what it is. So um, monitor your pain, monitor everything else in case it's another topic and get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen, but I did end up miscarrying it oh my later, naturally. But it wasn't an ectopic. Yeah. Um, and that really screwed me over mm-hmm. because it came from nowhere. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah. So then we waited and on day one of the next cycle, which was – End of February, we started round three on um, Ketrazide, Recaville, Luverex, mm-hmm. and Overdrill as yep. the trigger. Yeah. Um, I was overstimulated again, so it was a freeze-all cycle. Mm-hmm. How'd you go, though? How many were you able to freeze? We got 25 eggs, um, 15 mature, Mm -hmm. and we did ICSI this time. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Yeah. So out of that 15 mature, one had an extra chromosome, so that was discarded, and they managed to fertilize eight using ICSI. However, only two made it to day five out of that eight. Okay. And because it was free all, they went in to the freezer. Mm-hmm. And because we have to stay up there for the five days, we'd both taken the time off. 
we still stayed up there for the five days and the day that would have been implant, mm-hmm. we just went and had a consultation with the yep. specialist Yep. just to go, none of the other frozens have worked on letrozole. I've been on letrozole heaps. What else can we try? And he said, that's exactly what I was going to talk to you mm-hmm. about. And we also said, oh, what about putting two in? And he said, I agree, as long as you understand the risks. Yeah. Um, and he said, right, start in March on overleap. Mm-hmm. I started on overleap of 50, and then that was increased to 100 as the time went along. So I went 50, then 75, then 100, and then that cancel was, the cycle was cancelled. Um because my estrogen didn't rise enough and then it plummeted. And that leads us to now where I'm still waiting for day one (laughs) for our eighth frozen embryo transfer. Yeah, wow. So the next plan Mm. for you is you'll do a a double transfer. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So how come – sorry, I'm just trying to – figure out you probably would know the answer why was he trying with your specialist trying to 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 bank embryos like why like i understand he was changing your protocol but what like why was he just sort of leaving those embryos there why because why was he saying let's not transfer them and let's just do another cycle like what was he sort of expecting to to change like the quality or Yes. Yeah. Can you talk me through that? So he was worried that there was something wrong with the quality of those first embryos. Gotcha. And that's why none of them were being successful. Gotcha. And while the policy changed within the clinic to get more, he Mm -hmm. thought we could, and also because of my age. I'm 38. Oh, gotcha. Okay. it, yeah, do it while... Well, I can basically. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Okay. And did you ever have a discussion um, about um, PGS? Was that ever a conversation or not yet? Not yet. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, um, mm. Yeah. What a story. That, yeah, wow. <laughs> that, um, it's just so much loss for a person or or a couple to to take on, and you yeah. seem so strong. Like you just, you know, you, you just seem so determined. And I just I love that. Even though you had you know a time where you thought I'm done, and so many of us have, and I I, I can tell you so many times I'm like I'm done, and I've said to my husband. Yeah that's it. I'm done. I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing another transfer. I'm not doing another egg pickup yet. Yep. You had your few months off and you kept going and you, yeah, that's just amazing. I'm not sure if it's strong or if it's literally the definition of insanity. But <laughs> Oh, look, we're all a little insane. Don't you worry. Like yeah. we are all fucking mental. Yeah, Anyone absolutely. who goes through IVF, yeah, there's a little – little crazy in all of us trust me yeah everyone I, I talk totally to agree. has yeah we all have that in common we're a little crazy <laughs> yeah but I must say like I guess because our marriage started off so rocky with fam like with mum dying mm. that it built such a strong foundation like yeah we could if you can get through that you can get through anything. Yeah. And we literally have. Like we've been through more than what most couples go through their entire relationship. Of course. Yeah, that's a lot yeah. to go on. Like I said earlier, to have loss in your family, you know, your mother and then his sister and yeah. then to, can you know, go through the IVF journey, that's it's it's a lot to take on. And, yeah, you should just be so proud of yourself that, you, yeah, you're still, you're so determined and I love that. Yeah, wow. Thank you. 
thank you. It's just life. It's just our life. It's just what's been yeah. thrown at us. That's it. I always say yeah. it's it's just the cards, you know, you've been dealt with and it's shitty, but you know, you just <laughs> want that end goal so bad and you'll yep. you'll do anything. Yeah. And we've even had like the specialist that did my lap surgery after the ectopic, he's just like, You're fucking unlucky. Like Yeah. There's there's no other way to say this but you're fucking unlucky i'm like yeah i am yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but wow. yeah we're lucky in a lot of ways um it's just this really and laura and mum <laughs> yeah of course mm. yeah wow yeah. Well, I wish you all the best for your next you. um, cycle. You'll have to um, let me know how it goes and, um, yeah, maybe we'll check in with you in a few months or later on in the year and, and just sort of see, um, you know, how you're going. I'd, I'd love to be kept updated um, if you're Thank happy you. to, to do so. I'll try to remember. We all know yeah. what our memory is like. Oh, you've got like. a lot going on, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, we've booked a – holiday up to the Cape um, in August so that will be interesting in the fact it's four driving so we'll have to stop soon enough if it doesn't work out so we can still go on our holiday but Mm. that's all right that's not a bad thing we've put our lives on hold for long enough yeah yeah wow well I wish you all the best Thank you Thank so you. much for chatting with me and um and sharing your story because it's yeah you're you're a you're a brave girl. Thank you for listening to another episode of IVF Tales. Would you like to share your tale? Click on the Survey Monkey link below and I'll get in touch with you.